Appeal, aka the appeal. I am Oz Bryan. But uh, first, I want to thank all of the other on the Wake Up Radio uh, family. Uh, Cindy Ashby, of course, the greatest producer a poor Negro like myself could ever ask for. And uh, we're on Zoom. To, well, I mean, not Zoom. We're in Yard Street today. We've got a special guest, uh, brother uh, Richard Williams. Uh, and as always, you know uh, how we function. Here at uh, the Appeal, uh, we function in the spirit of Sankofa, always looking back in order to move forward. Uh, as John Henry Clark says, uh, yeah, history is your political clock. It tells you where you've been, who you've been, who you are, and where you are, and most importantly, where you must go and what you must do. Um, today, we want to remember the past. We lost a few giants this week uh, in Black in Black Life. Uh, W. B. Du Bois passed. Uh, we lost Hale Selassie and. Um, Oh, Karen, yeah, Katherine Johnson, a mathematician, Katherine Johnson, uh, uh, one of the great uh, minds that we've produced here in, in Black Life. But um, without further ado, uh, I'm going to introduce, uh, I'm going to yield the floor to my elder, uh, Brother Richard Williams. He has a new book out. He's here to, to, to tell us about his book, about his philosophy, about Black Life and um, uh, how we can learn from, from his experiences. I yield the floor to you, my brother, Brother Richard Williams. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, the book that um, uh, I'll be talking about tonight is not a new book. I wrote the book back in 1986, and I'm um, bringing it back out. I'm getting a lot of um, calls on the book. The concepts are still the same, and particularly now. It's time for uh, African-Americans, Black Americans to realize that it's time for us to step up to the plate. Uh, it's time for us to truly define who we are, understand where our source of power um, comes, and also understand the, the, the potential that we have. But in that, we still have to understand that something's wrong. Uh, my book is called, They Stole It, But You Must Return It. The they is white America. Uh, those that um, uh, participated in the um, enslavement of black folk, uh, including governments, religions, uh, and people, uh, they. They stole it. Uh, it was a satanic process. 
Uh, black folk didn't do anything to them. Uh, and yet they took it upon themselves to just exploit us, redefine us, mistreat us, deprive us. And, um, but we must return it. Uh, usually the thief returns what he stole in order to rectify what he did. I do believe that there should be reparation, but I also think that in order for us to uh, get on the right track, we must not depend on anyone uh, 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 to define who we are and to build our self-image, our self-appreciation. Uh, the slavery uh, experience really took that from us. Uh, when I um, when I usually talk, uh, I always ask the audience a question. Usually I would do, not always. Um, have you ever seen a light-skinned black person with bad hair and a dark-skinned uh, black person with good hair? I can uh, count on at least 75% of the people raise their hand. And then I'll say, well, there's no such thing as bad hair. But the concept that is embedded in your mind today was a concept that was introduced into our system 400 years ago, and we still are plagued by something that has no uh, relevance to our self-being. There's no such thing as bad hair. And our hair is not bad. Our color is not bad. Our, the wideness of our nose, the thickness of our that's beauty. But we have been told that that's bad. And so uh, there's a lot that we need to return. People say, oh, no, no, I, uh, that, I, I don't want to hear about the past. Uh, well, that's our problem. Because we don't know, first of all, we don't know where we came, what we've gone through. Um, uh, in, in the front of my book, I, I, I make a statement that um, uh, when I see a black person, I see a miracle. And I make that statement because uh, when I researched this, the topic uh, on the black experience, and I looked the atrocities and what our folk went through and still maintained, I, I, I see miracles. We don't know what we went through. We don't know what our foreparents went through. Uh, we don't know how uh, diabolical America is, and still is. Uh, we don't know. We don't know the enemy, and we don't know ourselves. So they stole it, but we must return it. We need to return to a foundation of self-appreciation. Number one. And uh, on that, we can build uh, appreciation in, with each other, which we need to, our family, our community, our, our race. And um, then we can extend out and, and deal with folk around the table equally, not looking up to them and they looking down at us. But we, look, we, can, we, can, we can negotiate around the table. Uh, we're not at that place in this time. We may think so because some of us have money, some of us have, have education, and uh, etc. But we are not what we we uh, were uh, proposed to be. We're not there. And 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 the one thing that 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 struck me in my research was that the slave experience, 
which I believe is the most detrimental slave experience in the Western Hemisphere, that is. We've always had slavery, but a different kind of slavery. Um, slavery in the Western Hemisphere was infested with the concept of the survival of the fittest, which gave justification for white folks to do whatever they wanted to do and feel justified in it because the best is supposed to rise to the top in spite of what they do. Um, that concept is, is, is a dangerous concept. And that, when that was infused into slavery, it created the worst human rights violation system in the history of the world. Um, and because it lasted so long, and because the, uh, we had very, very little internal and external support, uh, it's a miracle that we survived. And uh, however, uh, in the survival um, experience that we, uh, we have now, there's a lot of negative um, residuals as a result of that. Not residuals that we can't handle, uh, but if we don't know, there's an African proverb that says, the man who doesn't realize he's sick does not seek a physician. And most of us don't think we, we're sick. Uh, Black America is sick, and so is white America. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, they have a, uh, a diabolical sick sickness. We have a reaction uh, sickness. And um, um, we have to deal with our sickness. They're not going to deal with it. It's not in their, it's not in their agenda. Uh, for us to succeed uh, counters their purpose for us. And we have to realize that. And we have to um, uh, work on that. Uh, integration, um, to me, is uh, only healthy when parties have reached a certain level and they respect each other across the board. Uh, integration with you looking up and, 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 and uh, they looking down is not real healthy integration. We had integration on the plantation, but it was unhealthy. Uh, so coming together in an unhealthy uh, agenda, an unhealthy uh, culture is not healthy. They stole it but we must return it. And we need to concentrate on that. We need to start building our own self-appreciation, uh, uh, our own self-agenda. Uh, we need to identify who we are. We are defined by um, white America. They defined us first as shadow. Then we were um, elevated to uh, three-fifths. Uh, we still are not looked upon as equal human beings in this country. And we have supported that, that identity. Um, we have to change that. Because if we change, they're going to have to change. When they get to the point where they can't affect us, they're going to have to change. Right now, they call all of the shots. Um, um, messages that they're calling is not in our favor. Look at history. Anyway, um, 
They Stole the Benjamin's Returning is the book that I'm promoting now. Uh, the concepts are still very relevant. I looked at, in the book, I looked at um, uh, two main uh, areas. Area number one is family. Uh, area number two is health. And during, the, during slavery, um, the family was, was actually uh, their target. Uh, health uh, uh, became bad because they didn't care for us. Um, but, and, and when we look at the stats today, we look at hypertension, we look at diabetes, we look at strokes, we look at heart conditions. We find that uh, our stats are way, way above their stats. And those things are lifestyle things. Those are things, they're not, it's not like the covet where you are, are um, flu or chicken pops where you can carry, uh, catch it from someone else by rubbing or inter, 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 interacting with them. Those things are caused by lifestyles. Um, the way we live, the way we eat, the, 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 the uh, traditions that we call culture, black culture, uh, are um, reactions to a survival uh, um, um, outlet that we that our foreparents have to had to have had. We picked those up, and they became part of our culture. And uh, they had no choice. These things are killing us today. The way we eat are killing us today, um, and the way we think uh, holds us back. Um, and those things were thrust on us. Our foreparents had. No choice, but we do. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the name of our show is uh, Walker's Appeal, named after David Walker's appeal to the colored citizens of the of the world, expressly for those uh, in the United States. Written in 1831, the book changed my life. Uh, again, uh, he compares, uh, like what you're saying, uh, the slavery experience that we experience is completely different than any other community has ever experienced. The idea, um, even if you want to take, uh, some don't, but some, if you want to take the Bible as a historical text, uh, which I personally don't, but if you, if you did, um, remember the Jews came out of Israel knowing that they were Jewish, right? They went in knowing they were Jewish. This is the type of slavery where you know, my, my last name is Brian, your last name is Williams, uh, <laughs> Rob's last name is Williams, and uh, those are slave names, right? Those are really badges of our property. But uh, the question I wanted to ask you, uh, with regards to reparations, um, I've always felt that reparations shouldn't be monetary, uh, that uh, because we don't control economic systems, we'd end up uh, spending money right back to the, to the, to the, to the oppressors. The people who would gain most from a reparations that was monetary would be white institutions. So I, I never felt that it should be monetary. I wanted to get your takes on what would you say reparations should look like? like in your well, you, you make a good point. If it's monetary, they will get that money back in 10 years um, because less. of the way the system. Okay, right. Now, uh, reparations should reflect the atrocities or the deficit that they have, they have uh, um, occurred. Um, and I'll give you an example. In 1829, and this is not unique to Georgia because this was pretty much the feeling at that time. Uh, you could kill a black child and you didn't even have to report it. 
you could sell a black child and hey, it was just a marketplace experience. You could beat a black child. It's your property, it's shadow, and no one has anything to say about it. But if you taught a black child how to read or write, if you were black, I mean, you were either beaten or, 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 or killed. But the, but the thing that, that, that really strikes me is that if you're white, if you're white, you were penalized by a fine of $500 plus imprisonment. In other words, our lives didn't matter. But if we were educated, that was something that they were punished for if they allowed that. Um, we were not supposed to be educated. So there's 400 years of deflected or inferior education. My proposal is that black folk for the next at least 50 or 60 years should not have to pay one cent for education. Now that's putting it low because I don't think we should ever have to pay for it for what our folk went through. Even when they allowed us to go to school, it was inferior schools, inferior materials. It was, and, and even today, um, uh, the slow, the, the poor performance that we do has nothing to do with uh, anything except a, 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 a um, very strategized system of making sure that we're at the bottom. Even in the educational system, I give you, I give you, um, I'll, I'll come back to that later. So education, Lee, I think they owe us. We shouldn't have to pay. Housing, we should not have to pay. This federal government, there's a book called Color of Law, which you ought to read. It was written by a Jewish fellow on the housing system uh, here in America, how the government, the banks, and the builders were all in cahoots to make sure that black folk uh, was controlled by the housing um, uh, experience that they had, where they lived, how they lived, and making sure that they never were able to get, um, you know, uh, generational wealth. Um, they owe us homes. They owe us that every black person uh, who has a descendant uh, from the slavery experience in America ought to get a house, a home, free. Talking about reparation based on what they had. Uh, economically, money should be included also. I mean, I just understand, I, I understand that they spent over a trillion dollars um, in the, um, the country um, that um, they're pulling out of now. They've never spent that kind of money on us. Yeah, right. <laughs> they have never spent that kind of money on us. Um, but what we need to do, though, here's the problem. We don't need to come up with a proposal without the proposal being inclusive. And, and, and right now, I was on TV, uh, let's see, I was on TV in 1989, uh, I think. It was, uh, um, they had a pro national program called People Are Talking. 
And I was on with a gentleman who uh, had uh, was proposing reparation. And I challenged it because we don't want to be premature on it. We, we don't want them to put out some money and say, okay, we've done our part. This thing needs to be thoroughly planned and it needs to reflect the damage that was done. And um, uh, so I, I have, I started uh, looking at some of the variables in that, but money is just, um, is not the only, only issue. And I think money needs to come after we have a, a system. We don't need the capitalistic system. Uh, we need the kind of system that was in Africa prior to the European invasion, where your um, contribution to your tribe became um, your badge of respect. What you gave to others gave you um, reputation, gave you status. Uh, not what you took away, not how you stole from someone or schemed from someone, which capitalism uh, does, but how you contribute to the, to, the, to the betterment of the whole. And we need to, as black folk, realize that uh, the slavery experience was very, very successful in uh, separating us and then giving us a watered down uh, version of their system. We need to understand that we need to come together. And there's enough resources for all of us to have a quality of life. We can help each other and do that. Uh, let them go uh, their own way because their, their, their system is, 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 is a destructive system and it, it's not gonna last that long. But we need to, um, to come together again. Um, one of the things I had uh, proposed um, in one of my books was uh, the triangle. And the triangle included the, the African-American, the Caribbean and the Africans. Uh, uh, we, we need to come together. Uh, the same thing that happened when um, England and France and Germany and those countries in Europe were exchanging ideas and so forth and so on, they left Africa out of the loop. And then they came down to Africa with relatively few people, but they had those guns and they had some technology and they were able to uh, capture large numbers of us because we were left out of the loop and we didn't have an agenda working on, 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 on ourselves at the time. I see the same thing happening again now. Uh, everybody's getting into uh, this unity of, of development except uh, black folk. Um, uh, when I was um, uh, in the Caribbean, uh, I could see that the influence of of um, white uh, capitalism is very strong. And, uh, and we fool ourselves thinking that because we have an independent country that we have power and that we're not controlled from outside. I've been reading about how the Chinese now are, are um, buying land and, and infiltrating Africa and for control. Um, their exchange with us is, is exploitation. Their exchange with others is, is, is a bargaining thing. They don't bargain with us. They see Africa as a resource 
not as a um, a, a partner. We can stop that. Um, the triangle, we can stop that. Uh, the Jews were able to, to, to do that. In Germany, if you look at Germany, uh, when Hitler was there, the Jews were pretty much like African-Americans are here. Um, many of them were educated. Some of them had money. But the Jews didn't have, they didn't have an, an agenda. Hitler had the agenda. But the Jews after that Holocaust, they said never again. They have an agenda. They have an agenda. We don't. There are more African-Americans, African-American, not talking, I'm just using this as an illustration. There are more African-Americans than there are Jews in the whole world. Yet, if somebody wants to bother Israel, you got to come through Big Daddy America. Now, with more African-Americans here than Jews, if somebody, if suddenly America wants to attack Jamaica, what, 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 what are we able to do to stop that? The Jews were able to get Israel a place of stability and control and, and power and protection. There are more African-Americans. I'm not talking about blacks around the world, just, just African-Americans more. And the Jews are, um, I mean, what they have done, I mean, you know, um, uh, is, 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 um, is remarkable. But they did it because they had unity and because they had an agenda. Um, uh, we don't, we don't have one. Speaking to how, uh, so yeah, the Zionist movement had been planning uh, the Jewish state. And then after the Holocaust, that was their opportunity to capitalize and really get a global push to uh, have the Israeli state uh, officialized, I guess, officially uh, recognized. Um, uh, well, going back to the, the reparations concept, um, I think uh, there was a couple of groups. Uh, there was the Republic of New Africa, uh, the Nation of Islam, who wanted to uh, establish uh, the states of, I think it was Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana. Uh, they wanted uh, mm -hmm. that to be our form of, of reparations. Um, uh, and then there was another group. Oh, actually, and there's a brother, I forget his name. He's a, he's a journalist. Uh, he didn't say like separate as a new country, but he, he was encouraging uh, blacks to the same way there was a great migration out of the South as there would be a, a reverse great migration for us to go back and take over those states by sheer numbers. Uh, uh, one a bit more extreme than the other, but uh, what do you think about that as far as land? As well, land? I think the first one was more practical. I think the, the Muslims, uh, that was to me was the, the more practical one. I think uh, we don't need we don't need to at this point um, look to this integration um, uh, format, and and I'm not I'm not against uh, integration. I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not for integration that that's going to just use us, and 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 we need to understand um, uh, how white America operates now. If we had our own states, our own economic system, and our own um, um, independent government, I, I think that certainly could work. 
But if we move back down south, which a lot of folk are doing, and here in Atlanta, for example, you probably have the largest number of, of mil millionaires going. And, and, and um, you, you, of course, you got the Spellman, the, uh, you know, you got these colleges down here, so you have a lot of educated people. And there's, there's, there's money. But I always I say to them though I say I say I say to my brothers as we as we, as we as we communicate why then being a, ma a majority uh, having the money having the education um, why is it that white folk can steal uh, displace communities when they want to. Why is it that when I look downtown at all of those buildings, not one is owned by black folk? Doesn't that say something about our abilities um, to, to be effective if you want to get in? When we have money, we have education, and we have numbers, and we still uh, are, are subject to their decisions for our destiny. And that happens here in Atlanta. And I, 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 I think Atlanta ought to be a Mecca, but uh, I've seen displacement of, of communities here since I've been here for the last 13 years. And, 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 they, and, and white folks, they do exactly what they want. And, and black folks' mentality, um, I mean, they're smart, don't, don't misunderstand me. They, they're great business folk, but um, it's, it's controlled by by white folk. They still allow us enough rope for us to think that we we're successful. You're gonna have to get your own, I'm not saying we have to leave, but we have to have our own unity, our own system, our own togetherness. And we got and, and black folk, we, we're gonna have to come together as a unit or we are not going to survive. I think that when you look at the things that were in place when slavery was at its peak, those things are still in place. Um, uh, laws have changed some of the methodologies, but the mentality and the purpose is still there. You know, look how how America. I mean, when 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 the um, Black Lives Matter slogan came out. Black folk went crazy. The audacity of you to think of yourself as being important. The audacity. We've got to do something about that. I mean, I mean, I, I, I am surprised. That was during the administration of our first black president. <laughs> the Black Lives Matter movement started during the Obama administration. <laughs> well, well, uh, I think that one of the things we have to understand is that um, I I don't really fault Obama. Um, I I think he he served his purpose, but I knew that his 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 power was limited. I mean, it was it was very little he could do. I'm telling you, he did pretty much all that he was allowed to do that he was allowed to do, and 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 we don't understand the power structure. Uh, we we don't understand. As a matter of fact, uh, Obama got in, um, and people 
uh, were caught off guard uh, when they had the Civil War. Uh, white folk were convinced that they needed to go out and, and fight. Um, and then afterwards, it, it came to them. What have we done? And, and now it's being revealed how the Northern soldiers were uh, really part of the Jim Crow uh, law development. Um, they came to their census, quote, and they said, what have we done? And then they, the Jim Crow law set us right back almost to slavery. And I said to, I said to my wife, I said, you know, with Obama coming in, it's, it's going to look like uh, there's progress. I mean, so the white folk are going to come to their senses, and they're going to go crazy. And now you can see they're going crazy. I mean, they have somebody in there. When they put Trump in, uh, all common sense just, just went out of the window. This man can lie. This man can do anything he wants. And those people who are supposedly intelligent, supposedly religious, supposedly good, that backlash is so strong now that Trump, who we know is, is uh, I mean, uh, I don't know, we all know. This man, there's a possibility this man can get back in. And it's all around racism. We can call it what it when When Trump said, let's get back, take America back, that was a... Um, that was that was just a, a what do you call it um, a, a signal not a signal um, a code that was a code uh, we've got something about these black folk they're, they're, they're moving too fast you had a black president that's crazy uh, I mean they did this right after slavery when we right after slavery blacks went to the polls and we had senators um, uh, on the uh, local level and also on the national level. White folk said, oh, no, this can't happen. What can we do? They went back to the drawing board and said, well, look, when those black folk came out to vote, they had guns. And therefore, everybody around that poll was equal. We've got to do two things. Number one, we've got to get the guns. We've got to stop the voting. And they did it successfully for over a hundred years. And now the voting is an issue and also the guns are an issue again. They're looking back at history, knowing what had happened before and what they need to do in order to get back America the way it was. And when they say America the way it was, this is how America was. America was a country that um, had a creed of all men are free, all men are equal. And all men have, have uh, and women, have access to liberty, justice, and that whole gamut. Um, but at the same time, they had slaves. So their philosophy was uh, all men are free. Um, justice should be done for all. But just, justice is not done for black folk because Jack black folk are not people. So their logic is all screwed up. I call that the, the sickness of intellectualism where you have to uh, manip manipulate the variables to fit your selfish uh, ambition. And that's what America does. The voting and, and the gun thing 
um, was successful. They took guns from blacks and blacks. And when they came to the poll the second time, um, they had guns. We didn't have guns. And they um, uh, determined the polling requirements, you know, how many marbles are in this box, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. And I, after I, a while, we couldn't I, vote. I remember reading stories uh, about uh, Meg Evers when he came back from the war and he went to go vote. He and his brother Charles Evers, they, they had their guns with him. Um, last week, I believe, there's, a, there's an organization called NAGA, the National African American Gun Association. Actually, they had their national conference down in Georgia about two weeks ago. I'm not sure if you were familiar with mm -hmm. that. But my question for you is, regarding black development, uh, Tyler Perry uh, just built a, 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 I heard a humongous studio. I haven't seen it in my own two eyes yet uh, down there. So uh, do you, what do you think of that um, as far as black development goes and, and owning something? So Tyler Perry's uh, film well, studio that he just built down there. I, I think owning something. My, my problem is this, and I'm, I'm, I used to be an entertainer myself. And I, you know, so I don't have any any problems in entertainment. I have a problem with the message. I think we're using the medium that we have, the the um, the gifts that we have, uh, not really educating our people, but but just perpetuating uh, the same old stereotype um, 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 versions of Europeans that that um, this the slavery system in America has made us to be. I think it's too bad. I think there's um, uh, there's a lot of good uh, growth education that um, uh, uh, Perry could do. I think there should be some healthy f film. I mean, I just all these films on on just um, um, cheap love and 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 family breakup and and. Um, I, I have a problem with that because I think that one of the strongest things we had as black folk uh, uh, prior to the European invasion was uh, the, the strength of our families and tribe. And we didn't, we didn't go at each other and make fun of each other and try to put people down publicly like, 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 um, like I see, see happening here. I think, I, think, I think Perry's making money, obviously, and if money is an indication of success, then he's successful. I would like to see him use that medium uh, for development of black folk. We need we we have been miseducated for almost four hundred years. There needs to be uh, an education revelation, a, a reformation, I should say. Uh, there should be some um, and and you see the thing about me, I used to teach um, um, uh, health education in, in the media at, at, at State University and how people are affected by, uh, by what they see and what they hear and the, um, and the assumptions that we make under that. And, and so I see our young people coming up now, we're not talking about, um, they're not displaying good, good solid relationships, good uh, strong families. Uh, they're not doing that because right now um, uh, it, it doesn't seem to be important. And just because someone makes money that to me does not mean success. I think that I think you can you can have. I think you can you can have the resources, but not be uh, uh, responsible, and not be credible, and not be um, um, uh, uh, a positive contribu a contributor. And I don't think uh, 
Perry is, is a bad guy. I just think that we are, and when I use the word ignorant, I'm not saying that uh, they're stupid. Ignorant means lack of information. I don't think Perry is, um, is um, um, informed, uh, um, I think, on, 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 black, on the black situation. I mean, he knows how to make people laugh. And he knows how. I mean, he knows how to pull out some of the um, some of the quote black culture and, and and present it. You know, he does it well there. But I don't know whether that's healthy or not. I think we're I think we're better than that. I I, I never said we would confuse him for no August Wilson now. <laughs> but I I have the same I have the same. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of uh, Perry's work. But you know, uh, when I see the, the heard I heard about the studio, I was impressed with that. You know. Um, uh, oh, he's, sure. done, he's done a good job, but I, I but I would be cautious though, because um, um, I I don't know where white folk where white folk are. Usually, you don't get this far; they'll stop you. And he's gone beyond um, uh, expectation. That does not mean that he's he's um, he's safe. I mean, you just I mean, Tulsa is not the only. Um, example of what has happened here in America when black folk has be, have become uh, successful. I mean, there's a lot of stories. You, if, as you look through history, you'll find there's a lot of Tulsa's, a lot of situations like that. And whenever, whenever people get out of, um, out of their, uh, uh, <laughs> when they get, when you get out of your, your, um, your parameter, out of your, uh, your your league out of your lane. Um, white folk at this point have they have um, uh, a system of putting you back in because they control policies, they control um, economics to some extent, and um, we don't we don't we don't we don't um, focus on those things. I, I I'm I'm pretty upset with with our black attorneys. We have enough black black um, politicians. To to um, uh, to make some changes. That was but, that, um, that was my next question. Uh, so being from Atlanta, Atlanta is the mecca, right? So a lot of black towns and folks who don't know, um, when it came to the development of the Interstate Highway, they either put the highway straight through your town, or they put it six, seven miles, 10, 15 miles, twenty miles away. So therefore, you couldn't participate in commerce. And Atlanta is the only black city that they actually developed it right proper, uh, you know, having the interstate highway come in, go around uh, as they should have. With a lot of the black cities didn't have that uh, fortune. Uh, but Maynard, but they're, Maynard moving, Jackson, but they're moving blacks from out of that area. <laughs> oh, really? But so my question is Maynard you know, Jackson. You know, Brother well, Maynard Jackson. Well, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. When he was mayor, yeah. he tried to make sure that blacks got uh, part of that development of the airport, make sure that blacks got contracts. Uh, do you think, I mean, I'm, I'm saying how Atlanta got to where it is now. He's the first black mayor. And, you know, um, do you think he did enough or what do you think of his role as far no, as I think, I think he did, I, thought, I, I think he did an excellent job based on um, uh, what he had in the perimeter. I mean, you know, you can, um, he did a great job based on the, um, opportunities and the lead way that he had. As a matter of fact, I'll, um, I'm planning to do a, um, a book 
I'm not doing the book. I'm helping the one chief of police who was there when Maynard was there, uh, who has some stories that I think is going to um, <laughs> shock some people. Uh, but but no, Maynard, Maynard is, um, he's a pillar, a historical pillar uh, here in Atlanta in terms of economic development. Uh, for that time, he for that period of time, if we had blacks to stretch their abilities in the positions that they have, like he did, things would be different. And I compare that to up here in New York. One, our first black mayor, David Dinkins, didn't do as much. <laughs> uh, and two, uh, even right now as we speak, um, they're developing, uh, there's a real big development push to redo the major airports here in New York. I'm sure you're familiar with JFK and LaGuardia, both in Queens. Uh, I'm actually uh, less than maybe three or four, five miles from JFK. They had a committee set up to make sure that Blacks got the chance to participate in that redevelopment project. And of the billions of dollars that were spent, only one Black contract <laughs> was distributed. Only one. <laughs> Two, and I know them. <laughs> so, uh, and so I, I really reflect on Maynard Jackson and what he was able to do. Again, understand the student history that I, I like to classify myself as. I saw that as a real missed opportunity. I mean, but uh, again, uh, Atlanta is a much blacker town uh, than New York is. Uh, <laughs> right, but, but, but you have to have, a, but you also have to have a certain mentality. Resources without the mentality means that eventually they're going to get right back where they are. And, 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 and I, I, you know, I just, just, just my experience in, in, in Rochester. I, um, uh, after the riots, um, and, and blacks, we had some, you know, pretty progressive blacks there, and you know, um, uh, and they didn't know what you to do. You lived in Rochester. I lived in Rochester. I lived in okay. Rochester for sixty years. <laughs> All right. Oh, so so, uh, so you're from Rochester. Is that or, or you yeah, I, I just came down here. I've been down here for uh, 13 years. I was, yeah, I, my my wife, um, uh, I was married for 47 years and my wife passed away. Um, okay. And I, uh, I I found a, a lady down here. So <laughs> <laughs> I moved down. Here. I had I had I had I had um, um, three children and seven grandkids here. So I was coming okay. back and forth, forth after my wife died. And so, um, I, so I'm, 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 I'm stuck down here. Now, I like Atlanta. Um, I think that uh, a lot of potential, but I think we have to, un I, think, I think we need to really study the system. That's why I recommend this book, Color of Law, so that people can understand the housing and how the housing um, system uh, has affected us. And we need to be very careful. Um, uh, by being, see, by being ignorant, uh, good intentions, it, it, good intentions don't make it. You've got, we've got to learn. After the riots, uh, they did something in Rochester. They had what they call model cities. And they also uh, brought in uh, from Harvard and Yale professors to train, um, uh, there were like six of us, in urban development. And I remember clearly, it stuck in my mind how uh, they, 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 they pointed out how blacks were controlled 
around uh, colleges and around areas by, you know, railroad tracks, um, highways, by housing. I mean, it's all orchestrated. And they told us, and they said, the thing that black folk do is, is you respond. You're never at the, um, at the um, when things are planned, that's not when you guys are making noise. You make noise when the bulldozer is there. And, and they know it, and they, and they know us, they know how to play us. They know, they, they strategically uh, place us places in, in certain places. And that was, that was a very enlightening uh, experience I had um, on, on how America operates. Um, so um, they gave um, blacks who were very vocal, they gave them positions. They opened up uh, settlement houses. They opened up um, different operations, knowing that those operations were going to go down in five years. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was planned that way. And I saw how that Model Cities project were, were, were just set up to be failures. And they did that because uh, while we were getting money, they were planning um, how to make sure that the riots would be more controlled the next time they, uh, it happened. And every time we see, it's, I'm, I'm very, very concerned now and suspicious about this suddenly interest uh, down here in Atlanta. I see now just about every TV commercial has a black person in it, you know. It's, you know and, 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 and I've seen this has happened before. They're planning now something behind the scene while they let us think that things are getting better. Things will never get better for us until we start doing our own planning, looking out for our own survival. Now that's not being a threat. That's not a threat to white America. This is just survival for black America. There's a difference. And, 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 and until that time, uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I think that for 400 years, we need to stop saying yes, sir, no, sir. And that's what we do. Not in those terms, but that's what we do. And if they give us some type of opening or they, they hire a black person or get, uh, get a, a loud black president, we just think that the world is just, oh, my gosh, heaven has come down already. Those things are planned. And, and, and we have to really understand when you understand the survival of the fittest concept. That concept means that you are inferior to me, is how they figure. Now people say, oh no, well, I got what well, I, you know, I, I mean, I have, you know, relatives that, that in, through marriage, I have relatives that, you know, are white and all that. But I always use this example. Um, we had a poodle a little poodle, and we love the poodle. When I go to the store and we were considering uh, things for our family, we is there anything we need to get for Paris? That was his name. Um, Paris was part of, you know, part of the family. Until one day we had a um, some folk over and my wife had set this spread out and that dog came in and jumped on top of that, <laughs> uh, uh, and we all tried to knock his little butt off that table. Why? Because he was a dog. 
Did we like him? Yeah, we like him as long as you, you're a dog. You know, we like you, we can love you as long as you're a dog. And that's how they see us. They see us and they say, oh, well, I like, I like. Yeah, they're sincere as long as you are in your place. That And, and, and the vision that they perceive you to be, as long as you stay there, they can tolerate you. But when you start looking at them eyeball to eyeball and talking about uh, equal um, um, resources based on equal input and all that kind of stuff, you don't do that. That's not, that's not, uh, you're out of your league. You don't, you're not supposed to do that. Uh, there's a study, um, and, and I, I, I use this study in, in um, some other things, but to show you, well, I don't know. If you have another question, I don't want to, I don't want to go off on that. Actually, um, uh, I, that, that Rochester, I didn't know you lived in Rochester. So that, that opens up a whole nother series of questions. Uh, but, well, uh, I'll tell you about Rochester. Speaking with uh, uh, about well, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I'm a I'm a huge fan of black institutions. I'm not say fan. I like to study black institutions and black organizations, and that starts with AME Church, right? The oldest black institution in the country started in the AME Church, and uh, one of the reasons why I respect AME so much is because that's a black church that went on to a black institution that built other black institutions. So they built you know, uh, well, they built six, but three of them are really major universities. Uh, um, Wilberforce University in Ohio. We got Allen University in Columbia, South Carolina. And we have Morris Brown in Atlanta. And uh, it was struggling for a while. It had lost its accreditation, uh, but uh, the debt was forgiven. And now they're on their way to regaining their, their accreditation. Uh, so uh, what, how do you think that's going to impact? And I know from folks I've spoken to, um, I'm not sure how Negroes think. They they kind of down of the three major institutions, four major institutions. So you have Clark Atlanta, Atlanta University, which used to be Atlanta University. You have uh, Morehouse and Spelman, and you have Morehouse. And they always and I've been told that Morehouse was like the the underling, but technically it's the blackest of the four, right? It's the one that didn't it was developed without white folks participating. White, I mean Spelman, that's Rockefeller's wife. Right, that's in Morehouse. Uh, those that's white folks who started that as well as I mean Howard. Folks forget that Otis T. Howard was technically a slave catcher, um, and of uh, well Clark Atlanta. But um, yeah, how do you feel the that Morehouse and regaining its accreditation is going to affect you know that uh, black institution building that you were talking about before, well as owning things. Well, I don't I don't know much about uh, Morris Brown except um, um, from the outside, uh, seeing how the um, alumni uh, stayed at it um, and pushed um, on on the radio sta station here. Um, one of the um, uh, key commentators it was from there and he's a very aggressive person and and they fought and they won and I think that I think it's commendable and and they, and, and they were humiliated they were they were humiliated uh, and they tried to also put the blame on one person with um, mismanagement of, of funds or something like that and um, with they didn't bow their heads. And and I'm of course I'm a believer in black schools. 
I, I, I would love to, uh, honestly, um, I mean, I haven't uh, made steps towards it, but I would love to be part of that, uh, bringing Morris Brown back. Uh, Do you know John Dixon? Yeah, I mean, have you heard of John Dixon? John Dixon wrote, yeah, he wrote a book about about the AM Church, and um, um, matter of fact, he um, he gave me um, um, a special copy of it, and and the movement and how it uh, how it developed. Yeah, you mean the the, oh, the AME Church? Mm-hmm. Okay, 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 okay. John, yeah, John Dixon. Uh, he's he's dead. Now, but yeah, yeah. I look into that. I will yeah. look into that. I will look into that. Uh, I mean, I know Richard Allen, and uh, but you were but you're going to say something about Rochester. What were you going to say about Rochester? No, I said, and you know, Rochester. No, I I uh, I did a lot in Rochester, uh, a gamut of things. I mean, I was uh, uh, matter of fact, <laughs> well, some of the stuff I'm going to say. I, I I've been uh, involved in social action, you know, for years. Um, I. Um, I was director of settlement houses. I was um, also, I was involved in politics. I was Jesse Jackson's um, uh, co-manager in Western New York, which we won. Um, I um, um, also was um, part on the commission for Dr. King, even though um, we had some issues. Um, I had some issues with his philosophy for a while. Um, cause I'm, a, I'm more of a Malcolm X. Um, um, I, I believe in his, his philosophy more. And, um, uh, but when I, when I really, uh, got to studying King, um, I found out that King was, um, more of a, um, was more of a Malcolm X than people think. Um, and he started moving toward um, revealing that in his book, Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or uh, Community. And um, they took that book off the market. I got a copy of the book. And um, I was impressed with the book because he, what he did was he was reflecting on the civil rights movement. And in this book, he was saying that it wasn't as successful as uh, they had um, anticipated or reporting and how the white liberals um, really was um, uh, not totally with uh, blacks and how um, a black agenda was necessary and um, that um, uh, we need to do more things than just uh, march. And, and, and a lot of things in the book people didn't like, so they took the book off the market. So when I uh, became chairman of the commission, I contacted the, um, the publishing company, and um, uh, they said, well, they didn't have anything to do with taking it off, so I tried to get some information from the King uh, Foundation. I really didn't get very much from that. Uh, so I, I sort of threatened them. I said that um, uh, this was after I had um, uh, made arrangements, one of the local TV shows to do, a, uh, we're gonna do a, um, uh, a documentary on that book. I put together the data, uh, the things that King 
that people don't know, the, the real King, because he, see, King started uh, moving, see, the, the non-violent um, approach was part of an evolution. And, you know, I give King his credit, but, I mean, he was, he was still a young man with limited, limited um, experience, and he did well for what he, uh, in, his, in, his, in his line, but, but that wasn't to take us to the end. It goes beyond the dream. You don't get anything dream. You, the only um, thing you get out of a dream is a disappointment. And if you um, dream too long, it becomes a nightmare. Uh, but I think he had his place. And I think he, but I don't think that that, that, um, uh, that was the ultimate. And um, um, so, um, Anyway, in Walt in, in Rochester, I was I was um, I, I was I did I wrote articles whenever there was an issue had to do with race, and um, I was able to also um, uh, pull together pretty much all of the uh, ministers and imams um, on a, a concerted effort to do something for the young black men because there were a lot of gangs there, and. Um, so um, started a lot of mentoring programs for black males. Matter of fact, I wrote a book uh, for young black men going into manhood and fatherhood. So I did, you know, Rochester was special to me because Frederick Douglass spent 25 years there. That's right. That's right. I was just about to go and, there. And, <laughs> and, and I, was very, I was very fortunate. Uh, because Frederick Douglass has a, they have a, um, a monument in Washington, D.C. And, and my book, They Stole It, But You Must Return It, was the only book outside of Frederick Douglass's books that they had, that they, that they were selling that in, that, in their, in their, in their, um, in that, in that um, monument place. Right, right, right. Yeah, they mean like and, the house, and, the house on the hill, right? In D.C.? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, do, I do a tour. I do a tour on, on Frederick Douglass. Um, you know, I show people his grave, and uh, we have a monument. There. We have a monument for him there. Uh, Frederick Douglass. Matter of fact, one of the things this was before, this was before um, the movie came out uh, on. Um, no, 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 the, no, no, no. Yeah, Tubman. Yeah, Tubman. See, Tubman has a. She has a. Um, uh, uh, she lived right outside of uh, between Rochester and Syracuse, and there's a home in Auburn, uh, Tudman. And my proposal was in, in one of the books, this was in the book for young black men. My proposal was we needed to get every black person to contribute at least um, uh, a dollar a week um, uh, for 10 years uh, to build. Uh, a information center for, for uh, that's large enough for every black student uh, to go to that um, either in high school or college. And there were to be two monuments. One was Frederick Douglass. The other was Harriet Tutman. Frederick Douglass represented um, coming out of slavery and, and really rising to the top because Frederick Douglass was, uh, he was actually an ambassador. 
uh, fought his way. I mean, he fought his way. They didn't give him anything. Frederick Douglass was a fighter, and he fought his way. Taught his taught himself how to lead, how to read, and his speeches are really. I'm you know I, I read his book and, and his speeches are excellent. Uh, uh, Harriet Tubman, you know, came up raw. I mean, she, um, um, yeah, well, you know what the the movie uh, projects a little of it, but those two people to me represented. Uh, something that our kids ought to emulate, and something that we ought to use as, 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 as a standard. And I thought in this center, every black uh, student ought to spend some time there, um, learning. I thought all the fraternities, sororities, churches, mosques. Every time we have a convention, it ought to be in this. We ought to build a huge convention and hold uh, our um, meetings there you know, get our own hotels, hold our own meetings there and circulate our money a little bit in learning and upbuilding. That was one of the polls I had in one of the books, um, at the end of one of the books. But um, Frederick Douglass, I was very impressed with him, very impressed. And you have to realize that Frederick, Doug Frederick Douglass, even though eventually he got a lot of support, but he was a mover without support. He was a mover. And great man, great man. I got a question. Are you familiar with uh, Martin Delaney? Uh, Martin Delaney, uh, he um, was a prominent figure of, of that era, right? He and um, Frederick Douglass actually wrote a newspaper together called the Northern Star, yep. North, North Star. Yeah, North Star, uh, he, right. Yeah, but he, he kind of doesn't get uh, the same kind of attention. And, you know, right. a, famous, yeah. a Pan Africanist, right? B before Mar Marcus Garvey. Uh, the idea that mm -hmm. the 19th century, I've read him uh, go somewhere and establish yeah. our own and really was against yeah. uh, this uh, the Liberia experiment because he felt that that was just slave owners trying to get rid of the troublemakers by sending them back to Africa. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I think he right. was. But yeah, so uh, how do you feel about him? Because he doesn't really get uh, the same recognition. I think he was in Rochester, right? Martin Delaney was in Rochester, right? If I'm not mistaken. I don't, I, I really don't know. He, he doesn't seem to fit into the picture movement. Um, um, I'm trying to think. I know um, um, I've, I've, I've gone to, to the places that Frederick Douglass lived and where he had his printing press and, and, um, looked at his writings i don't i don't i don't recall i don't recall running across that name in rochester as a rochesterian in any kind of way he, he may be but i that i just don't know i don't i, I mean the name is for me and I'm, i know a little bit about it but i don't i don't know any any rochester experiences associated yeah, yeah, with him. when uh frederick douglas wrote the north star that's when delaney was in rochester with him at that point in time back it's okay. like it says here back in okay. 1849. Okay. But anyway, anyhow, I guess. Um, yeah. But and uh, then to some know. of the names, some of the names I uh, skipped me. I mean, I'm okay. I'm 85 oh, years old, so, so some of the names. I know, <laughs> but, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, the, North, guess, the North Star and the North Star um, uh, actually it was it was um, it was a continuation. It was um, uh, a gentleman picked it up and. Um, Matter of fact, I wrote two articles in in that. Um, so he's um, 
Of course, he's dead now, but um, he was trying to resurrect uh, the North Star. Yeah. We never does. But uh, do you have any closing remarks for our, our audience uh, before we uh, uh, check out of here? Do you have any closing well, remarks? I, well, yeah, I want to go back to they stole it and you must return it. Because I, I really think that that's, um, I'm not trying to just sell a book on that, but I think that's that's an important, as a matter of fact, I'm trying to get a movement. Uh, they stole it, but you must return it. Uh, we we need to, to realize that we have potential, but it's got to be garnished uh, with self-appreciation. And, 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 and we need to understand that we are not what we can be. And we need to, as a matter of fact, I, in the book, I have um, uh, a saying, uh, we should not tolerate POS. And I said, that's something that we should, um, uh, you know, recite all the time, anytime we see a situation. POS is per perpetuation of slavery. And, uh, you know, I said, it's, it, um, the song, we shall overcome, that's a passive song. That's, that's waiting around uh, uh, and worrying people out and hope that we worry them out. That's not, to me, is a, a very aggressive uh, uh, program. We need to be more that we're not going to tolerate. We shall not tolerate the perpetuation of slavery. We need to know how, how slavery is perpetuated. Uh, it's, it's, and, and it's just about in everything. We need to call it out. We need to make it clear to our, to our young people and to black folk what it is and how we need to deal with it. We need to take some control ourselves and not let white folk, not let white folks set the agenda, do the definition, give the resources, the direction of how to use the resources, when to use the resources, Etc. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about really. It's time for us to take back what was stolen, uh, mainly starting with ourselves. Um, we are great people, but it's not reflected. It's not reflected. They stole it, but you must return it. You know, like I said, I wrote it in '86, and if the the principles are still there, it's a primer. And we need to start someplace. First, we need to start at what is history? You mentioned that at the very beginning. History is important because if you don't know where you come from, you may make the same mistake again. And I can see us making the same mistake because if we don't get together in, in the Caribbean, African-American, and Africa, we're going to make the same mistakes that was made years ago, which eventually made us uh, vulnerable to slavery. We don't need to go that route again. They stole it, but you must return it. And I tell folk, when you see a black person, that's a brother, that's a sister. Um, maybe of another mother, but we have some catching up to do on our families and on our community and on our unity. So, thank you, thank you, my brother. Thank you so much. Where, where can they get the book? You said get it, but uh, is it on? on oh Amazon? yeah, you can get the book on Amazon, Kindle, uh, Barnes and Nobles. Um, really cheap on Kindle. 
mean, so let's let's get this movement going. <laughs> yep. Let's get this yep. movement going. Kenny, you can get it for you. Probably get it for about three dollars. You can get it down Kimmel. Kimmel. Gift it to your to your, your brothers and sisters. Gift it to your brothers and sisters. Get a copy for yourself and a copy to, for some other folks or some young folks. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, you know, uh, we have great admiration for for, for our elders. Uh, you know, that's why we we highly. Uh, I'm in Southeast Queens, and um, okay. uh, one of the folks who used to live in Southeast Queens is W. B. Du Bois, who actually passes. Yep. And that's, uh, um, in this week, back in that's, that's one of my heroes. That's one of my heroes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and uh, uh, really, you know, say what you want about. The man lived a full, complete, dedicated life. Died in his 90s and was active from his, probably his 20s, right? Realized he was a black man and, and fighting for black issues and, and black life. Uh, so that's 70 years of commitment, right? And folks would uh, yeah. complain they've been doing it for two months. <laughs> you know what I mean? They put in two years. And so... um, you, were, you born in, were you born in New York? Are you from New York? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was born at uh, Beth Israel, downtown Manhattan, <laughs> and I've been okay. a Queens dude uh, for the majority of my life. Uh, yeah, I spent some time in the village. All right, all right, all right. In in the sixties, I was I was. Have you heard of the Village Gate? I can't say I have gates. Okay, the, the, no Village Gate. It's a it's a club in in the it's one of the uh, big nightclubs. In the village, um, I uh, had a contract with Warner Brothers. I worked with Dizzy Gillespie and Flip Wilson um, at the Village Gate. Flip Wilson, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the village has changed a lot, bro. <laughs> I tell you right now, New York has changed. Yeah. It's more, yeah. su it's more surprised when a, an institution makes it than all the way around. <laughs> but um, yeah. I'm gonna leave. I'm a, uh, again, shout out to all the folks on All the Wake Up Radio. All, check out us all uh, throughout the week. Uh, don't forget to check us out on otw2.com. Again, another shout out to Sister Cindy Ashby. Great show. My brother Richard, I appreciate you. You are community. Uh, again, go out and get that book. Uh, they stole it, but you must return it. I'm going to leave with a quote from uh, WB the Book. And thank you for having me on the show. Yes, from uh, The Ordeal of Manzor. Uh, what does integrity do in the face of oppression? How does virtue meet brute force? The hot dark blood of the forefather born king of men is beating at my heart. And I know that I'm either a genius or a fool. They'll be the boys. <laughs> so brothers and sisters, till next time, <laughs> uh, this is The Appeal, AKA Walker's Appeal where we always function in the spirit of Sankofa. You got to look back before you move forward. Peace to all my Africans, Africanettes, and those of you who are African adjacent. Till next time. Thank you, Brother Richard. Thank you. Power. All right. Look it up. Flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Deang. Cindy Ashwin On the wake up. So here it is, y'all. Are you tired of being censored? Shadow banned? Shit, are you just tired of creating content and making these platforms famous? Well, I'm asking you to support OTW2. It's the black YouTube. Why, you may say? Because our content is important and necessary. 
And because anytime we tell the truth, they shut us down on their platform. So we are behind enemy lines, so we cannot complain. We just gotta move accordingly, smarter. So since we know many of our people won't just jump ship and go to a black site, what I'm telling you to do is don't post everything that is great on their platform. Give them purge people a 10 second snippet, a 15 second snippet, and make them come to OTWTube and come check you out. Support black things or stop complaining. There's only unity, black unity, and black economics can change our situation. Wake up, y'all. OTWTube is where it's at.